today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Bearing a grudge, harboring unforgiveness towards our brothers and sisters in Christ. What will always ensue is that we will be delivered into trouble. And even bondage, by the way. When you harbor bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness, guess who's in bondage? You! You're the slave. You think you're enslaving them? They have no idea how bitter you are towards them. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Jeremiah. Bitterness keeps you in bondage. In today's message, Pastor J.D. teaches you this sobering truth that holding on to unforgiveness and resentment only hurts you. The other person might not know that you're hurt. Meanwhile, it eats away at you and disrupts your peace. Surrender your hurt to Jesus and walk in forgiveness. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Jeremiah chapter 34 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. I called, he answered, he picked up, first ring. He, in fact, he doesn't even wait sometimes. With a, he already knows I'm going to call. He's going to call. Didn't even ring. He answered. Hi, J.D. Oh, God. Oh, you answered. I know, I told you I would. You call, I will answer. Oh, ye of little faith. And, and I'm not only going to answer your call, I'm going to tell you things, man. You know what's coming? And better said, you know who's coming? David, a branch of righteousness, the Savior of the world. Verse 17, for thus says the Lord, David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel, nor shall the priests, the Levites, lack a man to offer burnt offerings before me, to kindle grain offerings, and to sacrifice continually. And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, verse 19, saying, verse 20, Thus says the Lord, this is, I love this, watch this, If you can break my covenant with the day and my covenant with the night, so that there will not be day and night in their season, then my covenant may also be broken with David my servant, so that he shall not have a son to reign on his throne, and with the Levites, the priests, my ministers. (laughs) In other words, um, okay, so you wake up tomorrow, and you were able to thwart the sun from coming up, during the day, and you were able to thwart the day, and then when nighttime came, you were able to somehow break my covenant with the night as you were with the day, then so too is my covenant with David broken as well. Well, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. Good point. Right answer. It ain't going to happen. That's probably the best way to say that. As the host of heaven, verse 22, cannot be numbered, nor the sand of the sea measured, so will I multiply the descendants of David my servant and the Levites who minister to me. The lesson here is very clear in no uncertain terms. God 
has an everlasting covenant. You know what an everlasting covenant is, right? It's a covenant that lasts forever. Yeah, everlasting covenant. With Israel. And the Savior's rule and reign will be eternal. And nobody's going to break that covenant. Moreover, verse 23, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah saying, verse 24, have you not considered what these people have spoken, saying, the two families which the Lord has chosen, he has also cast them off. Thus they have despised my people as if they should no more be a nation before them. What's God saying here? Well, he's talking about the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah, because understand at this time it was divided. They were supposed to be one people, one nation, Israel, but they split. And now you've got southern Judah, and you've got the northern tribes of Israel. And if that weren't bad enough, they were casting each other off and despising one another. I love it when God does this and times this, but we're going to talk more about this when we partake together of communion. This ought not be brothers and sisters. We're one in Christ, and we've divided. Is the body of Christ divided? And we despise one another? We've split from one another? You despise my people? Verse 25, thus says the Lord, if my covenant is not with day and night, and if I have not appointed the ordinances of heaven and earth, then I will cast away the descendants of Jacob and David my servant, so that I will not take any of his descendants to be rulers over the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, for I will cause their captives to return and will have mercy on them. Ah, Well, enjoy this beautiful ending to the chapter, because... The next chapter is not going to be as kind in the way it ends. This is how it ends. This is the future I plan I have for you in the end. It ends well for you. My future plan for you is to give you hope, to encourage you, to strengthen you, to bless you. I'm going to have mercy on them. I'm going to return them from their captivity because I have an unbreakable covenant with them. It's not a breakable contract, that's different. It's a covenant, and it's everlasting. And there's nothing or no one that can break that or stop that from happening. All right, chapter 34. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord when Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and all his army, all the kingdoms of the earth under his dominion, and all the people fought against Jerusalem and all its cities, saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Go and speak to Zedekiah, king of Judah, and tell him, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will give this city into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall burn it with fire. Have a nice afternoon. So here again, The chapter starts off with an important timeline, placing this at about the 10th or 11th year of the Babylonian siege. Why is that important? Because we're going to see in a moment, um, they were there for, some believe, about a year and a half 
as they had besieged Jerusalem outside the city walls to starve them out, cut off their food and water supply. That's how they would take a city in those days. And by the way, there's a lesson there for those of you that have been to Israel with us. They called them tells, T-E-L's, hills, mounds. And what these tells are, are past cities that were conquered, and the new city was built on top of that, and then that was conquered, and the new city was built on top of that. And by the time (laughs) that last city was conquered, you've got a mountain of all of these layers of conquered cities, a tell. Well, how did they conquer those cities? They just cut off the water supply. Are you connecting that dot? What's our water supply? The Word of God. All the enemy has to do to conquer us, take us captive, cut off our water supply. And sometimes, sadly, he's met with a measure of success in doing so. Well, this is what the Babylonians are doing, and this is about the 10th or 11th year of that siege, which took place in three different phases, as it were. And verse 3, this is now Jeremiah How would you like to be Jeremiah? And this is the message that you have to give to this puppet king, Zedekiah. Uh, And he tells him, thus says the Lord, you shall not escape from his hand, but shall surely be taken and delivered into his hand. Your eyes shall see the eyes of the king of Babylon, speaking of Nebuchadnezzar, he shall speak with you face to face, and you shall go to Babylon. Yet, verse 4, hear the word of the Lord, O Zedekiah, king of Judah. Thus says the Lord concerning you, you shall not die by the sword, you shall die in peace. That's the mercy of God. As in the ceremonies of your fathers, the former kings who were before you, so they shall burn incense for you and lament for you, saying, Alas, Lord, for I have pronounced the word, says the Lord. Now, this is a fascinating prophecy here in Jeremiah, and it actually comports with another prophecy in the book of Ezekiel. And now stay with me on this. In so doing, it answers the question of how Zedekiah, according to Jeremiah and Ezekiel's prophecy, goes to Babylon without seeing Babylon, which we're going to have the account of in 2 Kings. Let's start with the prophecy in Ezekiel 12. Listen to the detail and the specificity. Ezekiel 12, verse 12, And the prince who is among them shall bear his belongings on his shoulder at twilight and go out. This is Zedekiah. They shall dig through the wall to carry them out through it, the walls of Jerusalem. He shall cover his face so that he cannot see the ground with his eyes. I, verse 13, Ezekiel 12, will also spread my net over him, and he shall be caught in my snare. I will bring him to Babylon, to the land of the Chaldeans, yet he shall not see it, though he shall die there. Well, that's kind of a riddle. How is it, pray tell, that he's going to go to Babylon without seeing Babylon? Enter Second Kings chapter 25, beginning in verse 1. Now, came to pass in the ninth year of his reign in the tenth month, on the tenth day of the month, we got it down to the day, that Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon and all his army came against Jerusalem and encamped against it. Yeah, that's what Jeremiah said, I know. Ezekiel said that too. Yeah, I know. And they built a siege wall against it all around. 
So the city was besieged until the 11th year of King Zedekiah. By the ninth day of the fourth month, how specific is that? The famine had become so severe in the city that there was no food for the people of the land. They were starving them out. It was working. took a while, but it worked. Then the city wall was broken through. Wait a minute, Ezekiel just said that, yeah. And all the men of war fled at night by way of the gate between two walls. Yeah, Ezekiel said that, I know. Which was by the king's garden, even though the Chaldeans were still encamped around, all around against the city. And the king went by way of the plain. But the army of the Chaldeans pursued the king, and they overtook him in the plains of Jericho. All his army was scattered from him. They got him. That's what Jeremiah said. That's what Ezekiel said too. So they took the king and they brought him up to the king of Babylon at Riblah and they pronounced judgment on him. So he's face to face now, exactly as Jeremiah said, eyeball to eyeball. Then they killed the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes came and imagine. Put out the eyes of Zedekiah. Oh, bound him with bronze fetters, and took him to Babylon, exactly as the prophecy said it would be. You're not going to see Babylon because they're going to blind you. You will go to Babylon and you will die in Babylon, but you will not see Babylon. Why do I even go into this? Well, because of the specificity of Bible prophecy. And when God says it, that settles it. If God said, this is what's going to happen, that's what's going to happen. Is that too strong? If it's a prophecy in the Word of God, you can absolutely know. It will absolutely happen, absolutely the way God said it would happen. I'm not angry. I'm just saying. I mean, how specific is this, the day? And, and exactly as they said it would happen. And could you imagine Jeremiah going, whoa, I got to see this, no pun intended. <laughs> How's this going to go down? I mean, God said it. I know it's going to happen. I just don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know the way it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I do know this, it will happen. And it did. All right, I feel better now. Thank you so much for indulging me. Verse 6. Then Jeremiah the prophet spoke all these words to Zedekiah, king of Judah in Jerusalem. When the king of Babylon's army fought against Jerusalem and all the cities of Judah that were left against Lachish and Azekah, for only these fortified cities remain of the cities of Judah. They had captured all the others. This is the word, verse 8, that came to Jeremiah from the Lord after King Zedekiah had made a covenant with all the people who were at Jerusalem to proclaim liberty to them that every man should set free his male and female slave, a Hebrew man or woman, that no one should keep a Jewish brother in bondage. Now, verse 10, when all the princes and all the people who had entered into the covenant heard that everyone should set free his male and female slaves, that no one should keep them in bondage anymore, they obeyed and let them go. Praise the Lord. This is as God commanded it to be. They were to set free after a period of six, the number seven completion, they were to set them free. 
as slaves and not hold them in bondage anymore. They were forgiven of all debts as God commanded them to forgive them of all debts. But, verse 11, I don't like this. Afterward, they changed their minds. Oh, isn't that just like us? I forgive you. Wait a minute. Yeah, I, I, I forgive. All is forgiven. Wait a minute. And then after, after you think about it, you start thinking about, wait, wait, just get back, get back here. Get back here. Not so fast. They changed their minds and made the male and female slaves return whom they had set free and brought them into subjection as male and female slaves. Therefore, verse 12, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Uh (laughs) uh-oh, thus says the Lord, verse 13, the God of Israel, I made a covenant with your fathers in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, saying, at the end of seven years let every man set free his Hebrew brother who has been sold to him, and when he has served you six years, you shall let him go free from you. But your fathers did not obey me, nor incline their ear. Then You recently turned and did what was right in my sight, every man proclaiming liberty to his neighbor. And you made a covenant before me in the house, which is called by my name. Then you turned around and profaned my name. Real quick, the word profane. We really don't get this word. To profane is to bring down to common, make common, unholy, dishonor, lower, profane. You profane my name. And every one of you brought back his male and female slaves whom he has set at liberty at their pleasure and brought them back into subjection to be your male and female slaves. Therefore, thus says the Lord, you have not obeyed me in proclaiming liberty, every one to his brother and every one to his neighbor. Behold, I proclaim liberty to you. Oh, says the Lord, to the sword, to pestilence, and to famine, and I will deliver you to trouble among all the kingdoms of the earth. In other words, you did not proclaim liberty to them. I will proclaim liberty to you, but the liberty that I'm going to proclaim to you is to release you to the sword to pestilence, and to famine. And I will deliver you and free you and proclaim liberty to you to be trouble among all the kingdoms of the earth. Now, again, I I want to talk more about this in a moment when we partake together of communion, because this is so apropos as it relates to bearing a grudge, harboring unforgiveness towards our brothers and sisters in Christ, what will always ensue is that we will be delivered into trouble. And even bondage, by the way. When you harbor bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness, guess who's in bondage? You! You're the slave. You think you're enslaving them? They have no idea how bitter you are towards them. And that makes you even more bitter when you find out, doesn't it? Here you are, you're just just fuming and stewing and steaming and 
festering, and you can add some more words to that list if you want. And you, and that that bitterness just, and that unforgiveness, and, and then come to find out they have no clue. Show me to tell me this whole time I'm just being eaten up from the inside out, and you're sleeping well at night. That makes me even more bitter. Okay, well, thank you for laughing, because I know it's not just me. Verse 18, And I will give the men who have transgressed my covenant, who have not performed the words of the covenant which they made before me, when they cut the calf in two and passed between the parts of it, the princes of Judah, verse 19, the princes of Jerusalem, the eunuchs, the priests, and all the people of the land who passed between the parts of the calf, I will give them into the hand of their enemies and into the hand of those who seek their life. This is pretty graphic. (laughs) Their dead bodies shall be meat for the birds of the heaven and the beasts of the earth. Now, we've talked about this in the past. We won't spend a lot of time on it in the interest of time, but this is what was known as cutting covenant. When God cut covenant with Abraham, He put Abraham into a deep sleep, but not before having Abraham, as was the custom when they were making a covenant. The two parties would take animals and cut them and (laughs) spread... I hope you ate before. I did. Not good. Uh, Cut the carcasses and spread them throughout as bloody as they were. And the two parties agreeing to the covenant would walk in the midst of those cut sacrifices and animals and carcasses. And they would vow, if I break this covenant, may what we just did to these animals be done to us. They have a word for that. It's called deterrent. Uh, You don't need um, corporate attorneys either, because nobody broke the covenant. That was, there was no reason to go to court. You just, you're, you're dead meat. I guess pun intended, I don't know. Uh, That's that's how they cut covenant. And by the way, little detail, I, I know that was bad, but little detail, very interesting. God made a cut covenant with Abraham. Abraham did not cut covenant with God. Why? Why did God put him into a deep sleep? Abraham wakes up and goes, hey, I didn't sign the deal. I know. I put you into a deep sleep. Why? Because I'm not going to let you sign a covenant you can't keep. You you can't. No. I'm I'm not going to be party to your disobedience. I'm not going to put you in a position where you cannot keep the covenant. I'll keep the covenant. I'm making a covenant with you. You're not making a covenant with me. I, I walked amongst the cut animals and carcasses, and I cut covenant, and I have an everlasting covenant, the Abrahamic covenant with you. So that's where we get the word, by the way, let's cut a deal. Next time you say that, think of those bloody animals. And <laughs> Okay, enough of that. Verse 21, is that too much? I will give Zedekiah king of Judah and his princes into the hand of their enemies, into the hands, <laughs> hand of those who seek their life, and into the hand of the king of Babylon's army, which has gone back from you, behold, verse 22, last verse, I will command, says the Lord, and cause them to return to this city. They will fight against it and take it and burn it with fire. And I will make the cities of Judah a desolation without inhabitant. Told you the chapter wasn't going to be so kind as the previous. Well, why does it end like that? Because it's a much needed sober reminder of the consequences of disobedience and dare I say also 
the consequences of unforgiveness. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. If you're enjoying these teachings in the book of Jeremiah, we encourage you to continue following through this series with us and to read on your own, too. God may reveal some things to you that you'll find interesting. In Spirit and Truth is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of In Spirit and Truth, go to calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're at our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. He also gives prophecy updates weekly that touch on the things happening right now. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D., You can find service times and directions on our website. Once again, that's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. If you'd like to access any of these things on our mobile app, you can do that too. Go to the Resources tab on our website. You can download from there. That's calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Thanks for listening today to this teaching in the book of Jeremiah. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God's been putting on his heart. But until then, be thinking about what you heard today, what it meant for the people then, and what it means for you today in the here and now. Come learn what's coming up next here on In Spirit and Truth. To be true, to be true.